Greetings, salutations, y'all. Chris here from Classic Camera Revival, and boy, howdy, do we have a fun one for you today. Mr. Alex Alex has once again given me my own episode. I am once again using slash abusing this power to talk to not one, not two, but six of my new favorite female photographers. Mr. Meadows, please play that theme music. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. And we're back. As I mentioned before, we have ourselves a great lineup for you today. But first and foremost, I want to thank everybody on my Zoom screen today for taking the time to jump on this call. Uh, Everyone that we're about to talk to has a wonderful presence on the internet, uh, be it on Instagram, Facebook, or the YouTubes, where all the cool kids are, apparently. And uh, we're just going to do a round of introductions. I'm going to start off on my order of my Zoom screen. So first, I'm going to have my co-chair with me today, which is Miss Jess Hobbs. Hi. <laughs> we have Jess Cosmark. Hello. There we go. Sarah Stellino. Hey, everyone. Monica Rose. Hello. Han Fan. Hey. And last but not least, Taylor Sperry. Hello. <laughs> so how is everybody doing tonight? Okay, tired, at least for me on my end. I know Sarah's tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all good. I'm good. I'm excited to chat. Yeah. Okay. Same, for sure. Yeah, very excited for this. Been waiting a awesome. long time. Waiting a long time. Well, I'm glad <laughs> that we're able to uh, bring it all in today. So, uh, as is tradition with classic CCR. Uh, uh, recordings. We're going to start off with that wonderful question that everybody loves, which is tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, just to kind of start off, I'm just going to do a quick one so you guys kind of have it as an example. My name is Chris. Uh, I go by she, her pronouns, she, her, they pronouns, and I hail from the sunny shores of Toronto, Ontario. Um, my Instagram handle is photography, and I usually can be found with either a 35 millimeter camera or a Polaroid right now a Polaroid Go. So uh, yeah, so if you guys want to do a round of introductions, I'm going to let you guys go, whoever wants to go first. If not, I'm just going to start pointing at people like that <laughs> that no one likes. <laughs> I can go first. Um, Monica, so thank is, you. Yes. Um, so my name is Monica. I'm a photographer uh, based in New York City. Um, I do digital and film, uh, but mostly 35 millimeter because you get more for your buck nowadays. Um, I take portraits and street photography, uh, but lately I'm leaning more towards street photography. I don't know why, maybe because it's nicer out. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like my background. Oh, and I, I started um, with architecture photography, just like taking photos of like shadows and buildings and I apply the same principle when I take portraits. I walk around the model. I don't really ask the model to move um, half the time. So yeah, that's kind of like a little summary of who I am. Thank you very much. I'll go next. Um, So I'm Sarah Stellino. I'm based in Madison, Wisconsin. 
I had like the typical first started shooting film in like high school in a photography class. I got out of photography for a while, kind of got back into it when I got my grandma's or her dad's camera. So my great grandpa's camera, just a 35 millimeter. Um, but I got into large format during quarantine. So that's pretty much kind of almost all that I do now. Um, so I like to do portraits also with large format. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's pretty much it. Uh, I'll go next. I'm Han Fan, but my Instagram handle is Han Fawn. So sorry for the confusion. It just rolls off the tongue a little better. <laughs> um, I am from Los Angeles, California, but have been living in Northern California for the last 11 years. Um, it's really different and I like it a lot. Um, <clears throat> and I mainly shoot on medium and large format. Um, trying to veer a little bit away from the portraits right now and do like landscape photography um, and dive into instant film too because I watched Jess's um, YouTube video. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, you're, you've, uh, you've started all this and now I'm like down this crazy rabbit hole of trying to modify my RB and anything else. <laughs> so. It's Thanks. a deep, dark rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess I'll go next <laughs> after that wonderful introduction. Um, so I'm Jess Hobbs. Uh, most of the listeners of CCR will probably already know my story. Uh, you've heard it a few times at this point, but I started shooting film when I was a kid and just kept going with it, dabbled in digital a little bit back in 2009, but it really didn't connect with the medium. Um, and so my first camera going back into film photography was the uh, Mamiya RB67, uh, which is why I will wax poetic about that camera all day long. It's my, you know, right hand extension, basically, at this point. Um, and I do mostly, right now, mostly woodland photography. I am based in the Eastern Townships uh, on an organic farm. Uh, so we have 200 acres of woods to run around on and stuff. So that's where I'm spending most of my time now. That is so lovely. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'll go next. Uh, my name is Taylor Sperry. I live in Austin, Texas. I've been here for about eight years. Um, you know, it's it's like one of those places that's really hard to leave once you get settled in here. Um, I shoot like a lot of street um, lately, but also portraits. It's just been kind of difficult to shoot portraits with like the off and on of like COVID and like mm -hmm. stuff like that. People... I, I don't have a secure enough like client base to like do that. I'm just like kind of getting started. So uh, yeah, I'm mostly focused on street. Uh, I shoot 35 millimeter. Um, lately I've been using the manual AE1, but I did start with like the, the more like noob friendly, I guess, like uh, auto SLRs, uh, like the Nikon N75. I highly recommend that as like the best like starter camera if you want to shoot like 35. Um, but yeah, um, I'd want to do medium format, but, uh, just need to put that investment down on a good camera. 
And yeah, so the, the future is bright. I mean, kind of, but yeah. <laughs> oh, you're right. The future's bright. The future's the future bright. Is bright. Yes. <laughs> I think that leaves me. I'm the other Jess on this podcast, Jess Cosmac. Um, like Chris, also um, from Toronto, born and raised and still living here um, in the West End of Toronto. And I shoot a little bit of everything. So I shoot 35, medium format. I'm loving a lot. Um, a lot of instant film, like all types of instant film. And also I, you know, grew up with film. That was all there was. Um, and then switched pretty well all the way to digital for quite a long time, probably till 2018. And then picked up my grandpa's old camera that he'd given me about a decade before and thought, I think I want to use this. So um, started using that and an old coworker had been cleaning out, like he was the photographer at work and given me all this old expired film. So I had, I had camera, I had film and um, it's been a steady sort of inverse curve of less and less digital, more and more film ever since. So I shoot a lot of different things, mostly my family, I have two kids um, and my dog, and my husband. And, but as my kids are getting older, I'm finding I'm drawn more and more to like landscape and nature because they're just not around as much. So um, yeah, realizing I have a whole other life I'm going to have to photograph once they don't want to be photographed anymore. So figuring that part out, which is, which is fun. So yeah, excited to be here. I'm glad you all are able to come on. So one of the things I kind of like did um, kind of like last week slash last night slash this morning instead of doing work was I was kind of like taking another look at all of y'all's uh, Instagram account because that's kind of like where I'm mostly lurking. And the thing I kind of noticed that and I kind of do this as well when I was like kind of like creating this um, this round of the round table was that all of you have like these like really amazing portrait works. I know that and you're mentioning that you're trying to like go like kind of like away from that but like I noticed that you all have like these very like like wonderful um very like kind of like emotional portraits I saw so like Jess as you said before you take a lot of pictures of your family and just kind of like that very uh candid and very like it's just like very loving you, you could feel lots of love in the photos Sarah you have um your um taking portraits uh, of like the rural communities, queers in the rural communities, which I think is absolutely wonderful. Uh, Monica, I was going through your Instagram as well, looking at all the portraits and like, and Han, I think the one of the first photos I saw of yours was, I think it was Poison from uh, Danielle, a girl with too many cameras, where I think you did like a portrait of uh, your, I think it was your parents. And it was just like very, I don't know, it's just like, as like another like, like, like uh, Asian, I, I just found it very like lovely. So I just like have a lot of like love for all the photos that you do. And I've always been drawn to uh, Taylor. I mentioned this last year when I did the round table as well that like, I'm very much in love with all of your architecture work because you do a lot of very like beautiful, bright colors. And you've also done a lot of neon work, which is something that's like a guilty pleasure of mine, like not shooting, but mm -hmm. just like like watching people do it and just like looking at the end results so everyone on here I think as I mentioned before has like really wonderful beautiful work that's like for me I find it very emotional or maybe I'm just like a really emotional person like take your pick but yeah so that's something I just want to say like right off the bat 
very big fans of all of your work and I just am like enamored with everything that you guys shoot and you do. Uh, Monica, one of the things I also did, I was watching some of your YouTube videos last night. So watching oh, you talk awesome. about some of your, <laughs> watching you talk about some of the film stuff that you had, I think you were, um, you did like a, a round of like 30 days of just like black and white at one point. Yeah, so. I'm so happy that that's over. Uh, I, did, I did it. I did it. Um, I started May 10th and I just ended a couple of days ago. And, you know, um, I, a couple of things that I'm really just I actually just recorded this just to share, like, I guess the whole 30 days. But um, one thing, well, a couple of things that I'm realizing about myself is that I'm really drawn to color. So my peripheral is activated by color, not so much form. So it's like, that's really the one thing that I know I have to work on with this challenge and just, you know, and, and it was really hard to just use one camera as well. So that was like 30 days, only one camera, just black and white film. So one lens. Um, so it was really kind of like a, a learning experience, uh, especially if you have like a full arsenal of gear and also a full fridge just full of like film, you know. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it was an eye opening experience. I feel like that's kind of needed when I'm kind of like in a creative rut. I'm just like trying to like make my life harder just to get like, you know, just, just, just try to figure something out. I feel like that's really where you come up with like really creative works when you're kind of stuck somewhere. Sure, yeah. Just, thanks for watching those by the way <laughs> it's, it's interesting for you to say like that you're drawn to color because I feel almost the opposite where I only shoot black and white and it's like so foreign to me shooting in color I love looking at color photographs but it just doesn't come natural to me so it's so interesting to see what people are drawn to yeah it's like it's like it's not the instant thing for me to see form but I but you know like that's why I really admire photographers like Elliot Erwitt where it's like most of his street photography work is black and white but there's always a very distinct focal point in all his images I just don't know if you know and sometimes I imagine his photos to be in color where it's like would it be would it have the same effect and I don't know like it's just very intriguing to me to master black and white in that way. And I know Sarah, your work, your portrait work is amazing. And like, like what Chris said, the emotion is just very natural with everyone's portrait work, um, you know, where it's like you capture the person as who they are. So if you do that already, does it need to be in color? I feel like you can do that, like monochromatic and muted. So like really kind of convey that message. So yeah, no, I, I will never do it again, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless you. Thank you. I have like a, a little cold. I don't know. COVID, but. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, not too bad. <clears throat> So I know that uh, Han, I was like when I was like looking when I was going through your uh, Instagram, I saw that you were doing. I think you went to Yosemite recently. Yeah, all the places basically. <laughs> like as soon as it gets hot, we're you know trying to go out and and uh, 
I guess, be like immersed more in, in nature and, and do camping and backpacking and stuff like that. Cause otherwise we're stuck in like a metropolitan where it's always, you know, loud and fast paced. And <clears throat> I feel like just being outdoors is really nice. Like mm-hmm. that's when I watch your videos, I'm like, man, that would be so nice to just live somewhere <laughs> quiet. <laughs> It is. It gets isolating sometimes. <laughs> Although I guess maybe the last couple of years, it hasn't been so bad to be isolated uh, on 200 acres. So, you know, I can't really complain. Lots of place to run around. Um, and trees scare me a whole lot less than people do, <laughs> which is why I don't actually do any portrait work. Like I'm terrified to take pictures of people. I can do it, but um, yeah, it scares <laughs> the little literal crap out of me. So I prefer the trees. I find they're just like, I don't know, not judgmental and they're always <laughs> welcoming and accepting. Trees and... don't talk back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't, they well, don't actually, question. Well, they might, they might whisper, you know, through the wind. Okay. Now I'm starting to sound like a crazy hippie, but <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do love nature, especially. Uh, yeah. So that's that's why my my stuff is more nature based. Like I, I did some stuff in the city in Montreal as well uh, when I used to live there. But I I do feel that disconnect now that we've actually moved to the farm full time. Um, I don't quite feel as immersed in the city as I used to, so it's easier to just kind of photograph the trees. Do you do you find that you you have a hard time? I guess, trying to create new images with the same subject, like, like living, living where you are. Yes and no. Um, like I have my favorite trees on the farm, which might sound crazy to some people. Cause how do you identify a different tree <laughs> when there's literally thousands? Uh, but I do have my favorite trees, uh, and I will photograph them throughout the seasons, black and white color, uh, Polaroid, like whatever. Um, I'm also going to be getting into large format later this summer. So I'm super excited to start trying that out. So I think that's what keeps it fresh and exciting for me. So even if it's the same angle or the same season, it always, each one always looks different for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Because <laughs> yeah, I, find- I really shoot the same corner in my house and I'm like, oh, it's like, <laughs> I kill a whole roll with just one corner. I totally get it. <laughs> Sometimes I'll shoot the same thing with like three different cameras yeah. and three different, all at the same time. Yeah. And then just to see how different it looks. And yeah, it's amazing. It's like three completely different. I took a portrait of my daughter a couple of years ago in this beautiful light in our hallway upstairs. And I took one on an Instax, one on medium format, I think, and one in black and white on 35 or something. And they were completely different. It felt like three different pictures, but her pose was the same. The light was the same. Um, yeah, just the proportions of each camera image were different. And yeah, so I, I get it, Jess. I get the uh, photographing the same tree different. Over and over and yeah. over again. We're in those different, slightly differently, yeah. yeah. But I mean, for, for you who all like shoot portraits, like I, I feel very like fish out of water here right now because I don't photograph people. But for any of you, like, do you have specific people that you're more drawn to and you'll photograph them like all the time? Like I know Jess, for you, a lot of time at times it's your kids, but yeah. you know, d- is that what draws you to, to portraits or is it meeting new people that draws you to, to doing portraits? For me, it's, uh, for me, it's like capturing 
the, I don't know, I have been coming back to the word legacy a lot, like just capturing my life and, and making sure that I have everyone. So my parents and um, siblings and their kids and stuff like that. I'm, Maybe I'm using it as an excuse to not talk to strangers, but that's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm focused on right now. Cause I would love to shoot portraits of people that aren't my immediate family, but I haven't quite bridged that fear gap yet. I love portraits of family. Jess, I was looking at your Instagram page where you scan the slides mm-hmm. from like old family photos. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big part of it too, is just, I have a lot of my family's legacy on photos or on slides and just, I'm grateful for that. And so I, I want that too, for my kids and, and their kids. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Jess, what was your original question? I remember, I just want to clarify before I yeah, just, um, you know, like what draws you to doing to doing portraits? Is it photographing the same people over and over or is it meeting new people that, you know, drives the inspiration? I think for me, it's more than whether it's whether it's somebody I know very well or somebody I don't know. It's just whether I'm like taking a lot of time with that person. It's really hard for me to take portraits if I don't have a reason or if I'm not like really spending time with them, getting to know them and like talking deeply with them. If it's more just like, Oh, Hey, like I'm, I'm not very good at street photography. So that's probably why I don't do it. It's like, it takes me a while to connect with people. So I like having that like slowed down, just having time to do that. So I think that's what I like about it more. Just having time to like talk and hear somebody else's story. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, for me, personally, just to answer your question, just like, I mean, it sounds like it might be a selfish reason, but I started taking portraits to kind of take the focus away from, from my mental, like my psyche. So like I, I have like BDD. So for me taking portraits of people and to just like show people that there is beauty in themselves and just who they are kind of you know puts a highlight in other people like I feel like I just want to make people feel good about themselves um so this is not like a bash or anything I used to take portraits of influencers and then I I like that that was like my money maker at one point and um I'm just realizing that that is there's no purpose for me there, like there's, it's not fulfilling anyone or anything. Um, but now it's like, I just take portraits because I kind of just want to shed new light in how they see themselves in the mirror. Cause I'm not, I'm not changing anything. I barely edit my photos either. Like that's the other thing too. Like I don't edit. Um, and this is kind of why I stopped shooting digital because mainly I was shooting digital and I remember taking portraits of people and they want to see it right away, like right after. Uh, so when I started shooting film, that kind of take that away where it's like the, there's full trust, like like what Sarah said, there's a connection there, there's a trust there between me and whoever I shoot. And um, 
it's a very collaborative thing for us. So for me, it's for my psyche to kind of like get the focus somewhere else. Um, and also for them to realize that they, whatever they were thinking about how they look, it's, it's not real. Like, you know, what they usually see in the mirror. So that's, it's deeper. It, it, it didn't, I didn't mean for it to be that deep, but like, that's kind of really where it stems from. I was in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then for me, it's kind of like what Jess was saying, like, not so much my legacy, but I think memorializing other people um, and like, especially people who I choose to give my time to. Um, so like, you'll see that, you know, there are reoccurring portraits of people and it's because those are the people that I, I, you know, am comfortable with and I'm hanging out with a lot um, or they're my parents. Right. Um, but that's not to say like, I don't love taking photos of strangers either. Cause like I find myself going to photo walks just so I can take photos of people on the walk and not so much like the other things that, you know, we're, we're looking at while we're doing the walk. Um, and I think that's just to, to kind of like, remember the day and, and remember like, the people that I was with um so I yeah it's kind of like two-sided I guess um and the reason why I choose to choose or choose to take pictures of who I take pictures of <laughs> so Han do you find that it's harder to ask your relatives to take for, like portraits of them because I like when I saw your parents photo I'm like I don't know how to ask my parents to do what I want them to do in a photo, you know, like have them wear what I want and like, yeah. like sit still. Like, how do you find the difference? Well, like I was just talking to Danielle about this, actually. Like my mom is such a ham. She, she like <laughs> <My> mom too. <laughs> loves being photographed. And like my dad, you know, was a photographer, um, an amateur photographer all his life. So like, he thinks it's weird being in front of the camera as I'm sure like we all feel weird being in front of the cameras. Right. But like my mom's like complete opposite where she's like, you should photograph me here wearing this. Posing. <laughs> and I'm like, woman, <laughs> like, I'm taking the pictures. Right. But no, I think I'm, the one day's better over here. I think we should just go over here. Yeah. And she's like, should I be holding this or should I be doing this with my hands? Whatever. And I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> forget it. You know, but, um, <laughs> Uh, they 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 like it and they're very indulgent of of me <laughs> so i i'm really thankful for that oh that's that's great like i would love to take photos of my parents but i'm like my dad is gonna try to take full control of the whole shebang and my mom is just gonna be like can i just wear my slippers and i'm like okay you know what like i i can picture it all now <laughs> it's never gonna work <laughs> <laughs> But I, I take pictures of my parents just doing what they're doing. So if your mom's in her slippers, take that yeah. picture. Like I took a right. lot of pictures last summer of my mom gardening, sitting down like on a little stool gardening. Cause that's what she does. She does a lot of that in the summer. So, um, and then all she has to do, I say, mom, can you look at me for one second? She looks at me, but she's just in her natural state. And so I find that easier. I'm not great at, the setup pose yeah yeah like planning it yeah that's probably going to yeah. be difficult for sure yeah and i taylor, think like posing uh, is always difficult sorry. yeah so <laughs> uh sorry um yeah. and taylor i wanted to mention like i was looking at your instagram feed too and one thing i noticed from your portraits are the like compelling eyes 
for some reason, that's what really draws me into your portraits. Like, is that mm. is that intentional? Uh, are you going for that or is that just totally subconscious? Yeah, I absolutely am. Uh, I don't know where I saw it or where it got into my head, but it's like, I just always thought as long as the eye is in focus, everything else can be blurry or grainy or distorted. As long as the eye is just crisp and strong, that's all that matters. And uh, I just adopted that into my own, um, you know, I, when I do take portraits, I do, I tend to pick the one that has the sharpest eye. Yeah. But uh, back to the parents though, um, like it's really hard, like posing, like when I try to get my parents to pose, it always like the photos always end up looking like that, uh, that painting with like the farmer and his wife the, <laughs> holding like the pitchfork. It, they love it. They love to pose. But they always like they're like, okay, here we go. And it's like my mom and my dad, it's like, okay, it's like always the same pose, like every time. And then the candids are like, I mean, my mom hates them. Like, I think they're cute, but my mom would be like, No, you can never release those, never let anyone see that. Like, okay, okay, yeah. mom. <laughs> so no, that's true. Yeah. So like uh, pets and, and friends like are my main like portraits, like subjects, I guess. Taylor, my, my mom is like that too. Like I took a portrait of her and I love it. I think it's beautiful. And she's like, yeah, that's no, no. Like, sure, you're, <sighs> you're good at it, but like she never likes herself in a photo. And I'm like, at, at this point, whatever, mom, it's for me more than it's for you. <laughs> but she just- There's always one parent that's like that. Mm -hmm. There's always one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have two. <laughs> Neither of them like having their picture taken. So it's impossible to photograph either of my parents. But it's like they always want to be photographed on moments when you don't want to photograph them. Like my, my dad and my mom will always have me a camera. And I'm like, this is not the time. I'm off. Like yeah. I'm, that's the I'm not taking any photographs. I don't care who you are. And she'll just like, here, I don't care what you say. <laughs> Click. I went to like a friend's wedding like a few years ago. I was like a guest. And I go there. I was like, oh, Chris, you're here. They hand me a camera. I'm just like, oh, okay. I mean, this is a little awkward. But yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Yeah. So what you guys, I does out of curiosity, what are you guys doing for the, the summer? Do you guys have anything funny or have planned for the summer? Like shooting, vacation, just like not staying in a 400 square foot room. I might be projecting, but you know. <laughs> I'm actually going to Canada on the third, the 30th, June, June 30th to July 3rd, I think, or 4th. We're going to an island. I don't even, I've never been to Canada. What, what island? So I don't what know. part of Canada? Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 six, it's six hours from Toron Toronto. It's oh. a, it starts with an M, Minib. Manitoulin Island? Manitoulin, yeah. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> that's the <laughs> one. And um, I, uh, we're going to drive to Toronto, get some rest, and then do another six hours to Manitoulin Island. And um, based on the photos that I've seen, um, it's probably going to be super pitch, dark, and only the lighthouse works kind of thing. It's like it's a retirement island from what I hear where it's like just water and yeah I don't I, I'm excited because I've never been like in the wilderness like that I'm a city girl you know so I'm probably gonna document the crap out of that 
uh, that that six hour drive. <laughs> Love it. Those are going to be some good photos. I can't wait to yeah. see those pictures. But see, like I don't, I'm I'm terrible at landscape. From what you know, my experience is just it's really hard to make for me landscape interesting because I'm such a city girl. Where it's like in the city, you literally. <laughs> And I've, I've done this once where it's like you just raise the camera if it's a point and shoot and you just press the shutter and it will be interesting. Like you don't have, like you, I do this <laughs> sometimes and just like to test it out. But um, I really have to compose and like, I guess another challenge for me for these five days is try to make landscape look pretty. <laughs> are you the one driving to Manitoulin or are you going with uh, friends? No. So it's it's my family, and I'm probably gonna try to take photos of my parents there too. I'm like, there's nothing to do here. I'll take photos of you guys by the lighthouse. That's (laughs) That's my project. It's a family trip, so yeah, I think that's gonna be a a weekend of just challenges, photography wise. But I think it'll be nice to just take a breather from the city. Be fun. Get some of those like road uh, road trip car shots from like passenger seat. Yeah, I Another got, one of my um, like, guilty like pleasures. Yeah, like I got the Insta360 that I could just like stick on the dashboard or whatever. It is like a really wide shot. So I'm, I plan on sticking that on the dashboard and just cool. the whole the whole way. <laughs> we'll see what happens. If I remember correctly, Sarah, are you going to Italy, I think? Or, or are you going somewhere? Yeah, so my wife's, so my father-in-law is from Italy. So we're going to visit his mom. So she's turning 90 and I haven't met her yet. So I'm very excited. I'm, I'm bringing my four by five, which I know is a for sure. extra. But I was like, I have to. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Your luggage. <laughs> yeah. It folds down pretty small. I've got like a smallish tripod, but they're the kind of people like my father-in-law is like, you don't even check a bag. All you do is bring your bag on the plane. And I'm like, you know who I am. I have a bag just full of cameras. <laughs> That's kind of the joke. I know this bag is just my four by five. Yeah. What did you say, Han? Are, are you shooting four by five or eight by 10 there? My eight by 10 is a monorail. So I definitely can't bring that. <laughs> Yeah. That but, needs an actual seat on the plane. <laughs> or two. Or two. <laughs> There's a film store in Rome, though, so I had to figure out, I don't speak Italian, I had to figure out how to get the film shipped from there to her grandma's house so that I don't have to, like, make an extra stop there. So that was interesting, but I know it got delivered, so then I don't have to deal with bringing it on the plane. How long are you going to be in Italy for? For 10 days. Oh, for 10 days. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, my God. Is it your first time there? Or? Yeah, I've never been. Never oh been to God. Europe or anything. So That's so awesome. I'm going to eat my weight in pasta. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taylor, what, what fun adventures do you have planned for, uh, for the summer? Honestly... Not too much. Uh, just trying to survive the like heat and the bugs, like they're abnormal right now. But uh, yeah, honestly, probably just looking to do more like stuff around town. Just doing like 
the typical like Austin scene, I guess you would say. Not too much, really. So I'm curious, what is, is great, the Austin though. scene? Yeah. Austin is uh, fantastic. There's just, I've heard that like, Austin's like cool... amazing. I just don't know much about it. That's all. Yeah. There's a there's like a lot of parks and rec- outdoor like recreation stuff you can do. Uh, I mean, granted, it is hot, but if you go in like the morning or evening, it's like always nice. And I live really close to um, the Colorado River that runs through like the middle of the city, so I'm always just kind of over there. Uh, I just recently moved, so I'm just kind of soaking up the area. I'm um, like five blocks from downtown, so like I'm really enjoying like where I'm at and just trying to like check out the new like taco places nearby and all the new mm-hmm. like you know little bodegas that are around and stuff like that yeah so that's kind of what I'm gonna be up to this summer but I do have like fall plans to go visit uh my grandmother in Arizona so waiting for the fall waiting for it to cool off a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. during this time is crazy hot too yeah, it's insanely hot. Yeah, like one, one twenty sometimes. I think it's projected. Whoa. Yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's doesn't sound friendly. No, not at all. But how do y'all? I do have a question though. I'm no. sorry. About no, no, go ahead. Flying in film, like, um, so like the x-ray will like destroy unexposed like so do you have to like get your film developed when you travel or like like what's the right like procedure for like film and travel because i'm just want to make sure like i'm good when i travel later on in the year um i have traveled quite a bit with film and i just keep it in my carry-on and ask for a hand check and i've never had a problem with that and i've printed out labels which i think i got on codex website that look very like official like do not put through the scanner and i just tape those to a ziploc bag and put all my film in there and then ask for a hand check and they usually just take it over to the side and take out all the film sometimes like it's easier if like like all the film if it's 35 like it's out of the boxes like that kind of stuff and they can they just i don't know put their little wands over it and stuff i've never had a problem Um, and then on the way home, I just, even if it's exposed, I still ask for a hand check. I don't put it through the scanner. So then the carry on pretty much just try to keep it on the carry on and ask for a hand check. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Simple enough then. Yeah. And I think the scanners for checked luggage are the worst ones. So like don't Mm -hmm. check your film because those scanners are more intense than the the carry-on scanners is what I'm what I'm told. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, I heard this thing like some people wrap theirs in foil. I don't know how <laughs> how 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 uh, effective that is, where it's like it I guess it re- like it reflects or it retracts the x-ray, like if the foil, I don't know. I will never try it because I don't think that's proven to work. I have an old um, film travel bag that somebody gave me and it's lead lined like it's lined with lead which seems like a scary thing to have I don't I'm not planning to use it it's very old 
feel like maybe it does the opposite. Maybe now. it's toxic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably blow up in there. Yeah. <laughs> Get the bag is like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think I'll use this. Um, I was going to say my summer plans. Last year I did a summer of Kodak. So I only shot Kodak film for the whole summer which was limiting, but also very freeing because there's a million stocks and I also had, well, there's not a million new stocks, but I have a whole bunch of expired Kodak film. So in both um, 35 and 120. So I kind of just set that parameter for myself of only Kodak with the exception of Instax. Um, and it was awesome. And I got so many different looks and black and white and color mostly color but yeah so I'm gonna do that again because I still have lots of old expired stuff that's not getting any better by sitting in my fridge so I'm gonna do that again because it just a lot of the expired stuff had this amazing nostalgic look to it which is what I feel like summer is so and I feel like I can't shoot a lot of color in the gray winter months up here so I have to get my color fix in the summer, like really hard. I've been seeing you've been doing a lot of Lomo purple recently, which and I I've think is doing very... a lot of Lomo purple, which I feel like here has a very short window of time to use it, which is now. And so I'm <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> it so was awesome. the, uh, the Lomo purples recently. Yeah. And the, um, I think, I think you were the one that was shooting the FP100C. Uh, I think that was your shot. I saw the RC Harris water plant and yeah. I was like, ah, it's so gorgeous why i know <laughs> why is this happening so yeah, that instant that fp100 and lomo i feel like i have to shoot for the next three months and then they they get put away until it's bright and sunny again because this yeah it's much harder would you ever try so i tried shooting lomo purple on portraits like a yeah. portrait of Lomo Purple. Yeah, I, I did a test shoot with a Canon AE-1 in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And um, I didn't plan it, but she wore a green shirt. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, so everything yeah. was purple, but it was really tricky for the skin tone uh, because she's kind of like caramel skin tone. It, it just kind of like rendered really gray on portraits. I don't know if, and I exposed it like correctly. I'm I'm wondering if there's like a maybe I should have overexposed it a little bit, but yeah, I don't I don't know if would you ever try llama purple on your kids? I don't know, maybe for like Halloween or something. Yeah, probably. The, yeah, the skin tones are so weird, and even when it's I so think weird. I know what I'm gonna get from a scene, it's not always what it ends up being. Like it's it's a very strange film and which yeah. and I like it but I found that like really bright really bright sunny days are the best and I rated I think I rated at 200 because you can do anything from 100 to 400 and I've been doing 200 I, and I've done that I twice four, and I really though. like it yeah yeah I did 400 for that but I didn't like the what the how the shadows looked yeah at 400 it was it was a crap test shoot, but you know, I still posted it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I find, I like that film because, so I have this image of someone took a, um, 
an umbrella that had all the colors of the rainbow. And then they, they show right beside it what those colors look like when you shoot Lomo purple. So then I use that image to go and find the scenes I want to photograph because I don't, I want to find something that's going to turn bright purple or bright pink. So I look for, I think it's like yellows. I look for something that's really mm. yellow because that's going to shift. Um, whereas if it's a scene with a lot of reds, it doesn't do much. It kind of just goes more red or it's like very, brown. It's very muddy. Yeah, yeah, it's very muddy. Yeah. So it's I find it's a, it's a really good creative exercise, that film, because you have to look not just for what scene you want to photograph, but what colors are in that scene. And your mind has to be constantly sort of switching the colors that you're looking at into the colors that you're going to get. Yeah, it's trippy, but it's been really fun. Have uh, either of you done the, um, was it the Metropolis? And I think there's another one that I can't remember, but the Metropolis is the other one that I can think of that Loma does. That's also kind of like funky-ish. Yeah. yeah, there's yeah, also it, turquoise coming back out. Yeah. Oh, really? Ooh. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Han, I know you're going to run away into the, the forest and do lots of camping. What's your film of choice when you um, go out and about on the weekends to um, the wonderful world of nature that scares me? <laughs> It's so hard because like, you know, sometimes I, I think like, oh, we're going to come upon like really beautiful sunsets or sunrises. So I pack like a ton of um, Portra hmm, um, 400 and 800 and then it's just like bleh. So I'm like, oh man, I should have probably brought like black and white or something like that. But um, I've learned that overpacking is probably my friend. So <laughs> like, like you, Sarah, um, like I have, you know, just a, I don't know what it's called. I have that little Pelican case or whatever that has just my four by five. And then there's like another case that has my medium formats. So I'm like rolling around going on hikes with like these two hard shell cases <laughs> and then a backpack full of film. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I can't, I can't miss a shot. So, um, to answer your question, Chris, all the films. All <laughs> the films. <laughs> um, except for instant. Should it be like, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Just That's yes. a yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want, I want to get into instant films so badly. I'm just like, I don't know where to start. Like one day I'm like, I have so much Instax that I bought, you know, um, that I haven't used. And maybe I should find a mod for, for that. Um, but then like I'll hang out with friends who are shooting Polaroid and I'm like, oh, but Polaroid looks so nice too. And so now I'm like, I don't know what I want to sink all my money into. <laughs> we can't do both. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I try, I tried playing with both at one point, but then I was just like, oh, I, uh, oh. so yeah. Do FPs, but you know, at a hundred dollars a box now and like, seriously, it's just so crazy. <clears throat> yeah. And like the emulsions, you might not get, you know, like even spread or good colors or anything like that. So, 
Yeah, um, I know a few of you uh, know know him, but uh, Marlin, he lovingly refers to FP100 as like unicorn tears, which is like my favorite thing ever, because like <laughs> once you use it, it's like it's no longer there. But I always go yeah. back and forth between like, um, it's like, do I want to shoot it? Like, and I do, but sometimes like, but I only have like a finite amount, so I don't know. I just like I feel like I had to save it for like a special occasion, yeah. so. But then, like, what is the special occasion? What right? right. <laughs> like, how do you gauge a special occasion? The yeah. special amount. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, like, it's Pride at the end of the month. It's like, do I bring this there or right. lots of colors? So. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm kind of treating the rest of my. I think I have. I think I have about ten boxes of FP100, which I feel very fortunate to have. But I'm just kind of treating it like the whole, all of the boxes, because I only just recently got into it. It's just all going to be one collective project. I'm not going to buy more. I'm not going to get more cameras. Like I'm just going to use what I have, and all of those, you know, hundred images will be a project of that film, and that's it. They won't be consistent work, but. Um, but I've already decided I'm not investing in more unless there's new film that is ever made, which unicorn tears. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it's a great, it's a great way to, thing to call it. I mean, um, as it but, is, Integra Polaroid is already pretty expensive. It's like four bucks a shot seriously? or something. Yeah. Uh, like Instax ends up being a little cheaper. I think that works out to like two bucks a shot or a dollar a shot. Yeah, because at least it's 10, 10 of them in an yeah. Instax, but it's Polaroid is like eight. And Instax is, is a little bit more consistent. Yeah, I was about to uh, say you, the same thing. If you have a good camera, um, you can get much more consistent results. Polaroid is always tricky. Like even shooting it on my RB where I have, you know, my favorite glass at hand and like all the tricks up my sleeve, I still miss shots. Like I'll still miss on the exposure or because Polaroid has to have specific things for each. And it changes constantly, I find. It's like I'm in front of a scene and it's like, okay, it's bright, sunny day. Excellent. I'm going to shoot and it's going to be awesome. And I take them and I'm like, wow, this is garbage. And then the next time it's like a cloudy day and I'm like, okay, cool. Excellent. I'm going to try this again. And it's like garbage. I'm like, ah, and then, or I forget to take the dark slide out and then just waste a few shots. Forgetting forgetting about that That, one. That's never happened to me before. Definitely not. (laughs) scratch all the time um yeah no but i agree with jess that like um i find that instax to be a little bit more on the affordable side and it's also um more consistent in like colors so i am like a big polaroid fangirl i mean like i I shoot it the majority of the time most because i have it but uh, i do find that instax is definitely more consistent kind of like shot for shot so that's yeah, why I, and I know a lot of people hate on Instax, but I love it so yeah. much. And I, but I agree with Jess that like you need the bet, you need a better camera than just the base Instax. I have the Neo and you can, there's so many different adjustments you can do with it and you can do double exposure and you can, has a macro mode and they all work. Like they all actually do the thing that they say they're going to do. Is and any Instax, sorry. Is that it's the the Neo Instax Neo 90 is the one I have. Okay. That's a square Instax, correct? 
No, it's the it's, oh, the, it's the card card one. The, the mini? mini, mini. Yeah, it's the mini. Oh, yeah. Um, played with yeah, them. they're really cool. Is that the one where you can put like a light leak, but it's it's like a black and white photo, and then it has a color light leak? <laughs> no, that is that's the newest one though. That one I it, but that's like a digital insect yeah, hybrid. It's really cool too. It looks yeah. awesome, but. Um, no, mine's just a straight up Instax, but it does, it just has more features. And so I'll do cool things like I'll do a color overlay as for a double exposure, I'll do a color overlay and then I'll shoot the picture I want to take. So it looks sort of like double film or like rainbow filter over top of it. I just find it gives me much more creative freedom. And like Jess said, the quality is much more consistent. And it's cheaper, so you can experiment more. Like I'm, I do one. have Polaroid cameras, but it's like a cash register every time I, <laughs> <laughs> I press go, and I don't know if it's going to work every time. <laughs> well, that's part of the charm. Uh, I know. <laughs> you probably have to pick your guys' brains on the um, the modifications, Justin. Yeah. Any, yeah, yeah, anytime. Anytime. Say like talk to Jess. I remember that was like one of the first videos I saw of Jess was yeah. I think you were taking apart your Mamiya to put on like the Polaroid back or something. That was like yeah. one of the first videos I saw of yours. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really cool. Uh, taking apart. It felt really weird to take apart an instant lamp. Like you're literally ripping this thing like pieces of plastic apart and you're like, this is not natural. I'm not supposed to be doing this. But uh, when you put it all together and then you get that first shot, especially the first one that works, it doesn't have light leaks or you didn't accidentally uh, break a little piece off and then have to super glue it and then realize that you hope you never have to take that back apart again because you won't be able to. <laughs> so you just pray that it always works forever afterwards. Um, but yeah, once you get through all the scary parts of it, it's so much fun. So much fun. Yeah. <clears throat> cool, cool, cool. Um, one thing I kind of had a question for you guys, just because um, Instagram being the place that I found all of you, I just uh, noticed there's like more of a transition or there's more of like a focus or a shift is probably the better word going from like more photos to more like kind of like video centric content. I was wondering, um, what is it that you guys think about this? Um, how do you think like women or female film photographers uh, should do to try to stay up to date? Do you think that like reels are really like super essential? Cause like, I know I go through many rabbit holes just like watching reel after reel, but I was wondering what your thoughts are on this. Real is annoying, but I feel like it's something I feel like I have to do. It's I and I hate the fact that I feel like I have to do it uh, because it's like uh, if you do share a photo and especially if you are trying to get clientele, the objective is for people to see your work so they can hire you, essentially. So that's kind of the annoying part about uh, just social media in general. Um you know, I feel like it's always evolving. So you kind of like once, this is how I felt, right? Once I've finally figured something out, then it's new again. Um, so I can't really like get my foot down and kind of like have a footing where it's like, okay, I have this routine down, but it's like now I have to put videos. How are you do? How would I do that as a photographer? 
to share a video, but I've seen a lot of really great reels of, you know, photographers just uh, doing those like one second, kind of like showing the film, showing the camera, and then like all the photos they took in like 15 seconds. I'm like, I want to appreciate the photo you took. I don't want to just watch a super flash, fast slideshow of what you took. But again, I understand that they feel like they need to do that. I feel like there's That's kind of, I think because Instagram is kind of moving away from like a photo-centric platform to like a more yeah, video or real-centric thing, that they're, well, at least people are talking about, you know, leaving it and going back to like Flickr or, or using Twitter now um, to post their photos. And I, I think like that's kind of like where I would move towards too because I'm not going to make a reel just to get like five followers, you know, like whatever it is. Um, and I mean, you know, if that's you, like cool. Um, that's your brand. That's great. But like for me, I like Instagram always started as like a place that I was just posting like random photos and then it turned into you know where I could post my work um and if people want to look at it then they come for that and like not anything else I'm not trying to like you know brand myself or, or whatever like put myself out there for brands to pick me up or to get clients so that's like not that's not me um so yeah if it like moves away from that where like now videos are like the main thing and when you're scrolling through your feed it's all videos like you know think I would move away from the platform and use like another another social media app or something like that. <clears throat> that that totally makes sense. Um, what I am kind of uh, noticing lately, I think people are also not using Instagram. At, at least the ones that are uh, the inquiries that I'm getting, they're coming from my website. So you're you're probably absolutely right like maybe instagram is not a good place to like market about that um because now i'm trying to focus on seo just like a search engines because once i started noticing that people are actually filling out my booking form on my website and like sending me an email from my website i'm like yeah maybe people are not using instagram anymore to look for photography services like how they used to I, I tend to agree with both of you that like I've noticed that switch more towards video and that's totally not me. I can't, I can't make a reel. So like I would go down with the dying ship of like posting a photo and that's it. But I kind of feel like an old man inside where like, I don't know how these new social medias work, even Twitter. I'm like, okay. Suck at Twitter. So you like, respond or I don't know I, just, <laughs> I, was there. I was there where I was like talking to myself because I was yeah. like hello hi and then, like I'm like how does this work and then had to be like hey here's a YouTube link on how Twitter works <laughs> maybe that's what I need to look at I don't know yeah I feel I've the same to do TikTok it's like yeah it's like try to I like download is like no this is too much for me it's like no Literally, I downloaded TikTok the other day, which I had like resisted doing. And I was like, oh, I'm curious. So I looked up, you know, analog, 
And I was just like, I don't think that I want to get sucked into a new one. Like Facebook, Instagram is already bad enough for me. So maybe I'd have to leave one of them before trying something new. But I don't think TikTok for me. You know, I did a little experiment of like shooting the same video and posting it on YouTube shorts, Instagram reel and TikTok just to see what type of demographic or like what type of video each platform likes more which is kind of really interesting to to check like you know like those funny kind of reels on instagram like lip syncing to like a like i do that a lot just like just for fun because i'm bored as hell sometimes where it's like you just lip sync to like a like a dialogue instagram those videos do really well versus like tiktok they 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 lean towards more like they want to see what photos you actually take like more of like a process and YouTube is very uh kind of like it has to be an introduction to a full video so it's it's very different per platform which uh it's actually yeah exactly exactly and you know like I thought oh maybe just you know one video you can share across the platform or just all across the internet and they don't do the same for every single one um, because TikTok's demographic is just completely all over the place. Um, you know, at, at least for Instagram, you can kind of figure out like you do have an audience, uh, you can cater to your audience and also the same with YouTube. But with TikTok, it's like, I don't, I don't, I can't explain TikTok. I don't know how that works. I don't know what world that thing came from but it's like I, I I shared a TikTok where I was like how do you TikTok I'm not a I'm not a teacher I'm not a beauty guru I don't make cakes I don't do <laughs> ASMR like how do you go I don't dance I like how do you make it you don't restock TikTok? kitchen shelves or pantries <laughs> right I don't do Amazon favorites <laughs> you know like those are the videos that do really well um, you know, so it's like just just understanding like analytics and like algorithm and search engine is just will make you fucking nuts. Uh, yeah. Honestly, literally, I was just True. saying I hate the feeling of like social media is making you play this game based on what it likes. That's like a horrible feeling. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel like I just yeah. want to do my thing and I'll post when I feel like it yeah. and that'll be what it is because I can't. can't do that it's hard to 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 pull it off like all the time um for me like on my youtube channel like i've got people messaging me every summer being like hey jess are you okay we haven't had a video from you in a while and i'm like it's just super hectic on the farm i'm working like 16 hour days seven days a week like yeah i don't have time to film the videos so i i'm also of that mindset where i can't play the game so to speak like I can't post every day I can't put up a new video every week and so I'm just gonna do it my way yeah it's the best way well I figure it makes me happy and if it doesn't make everyone else happy well I don't know I don't know what to say at that point but at least I'm happy so (laughs) that's what matters I think that's also like the reason why I don't know if you guys do it where it's like you have a well curated and organized and aesthetically pleasing 
Instagram feed. Nope. You know, I think I think that's kind of like I remember this so vividly, like, you know, the orange and teal colors. Remember that in like 2017 where it's like everyone did the orange and teal and whatever. So I remember during that time when how to get followers fast and the one thing that they always say is like make sure that your feed is aesthetically uniform and pleasing and I remember I'm like why first of all why would you shoot or create something for that purpose only to get followers and in two it's like that's not really how an artist's mind would kind of function where it's like oh, I'm going to make all of this, but I can, like, I don't, I just didn't understand that part of social media. And I think that was kind of like the fall of social media for me, where it's like, there's all these rules from that point on, like five years ago, that you have to do this and that or the other, or else no one is going to follow you, you know? And at that point, I think I did like a three month, like disabled Instagram and Facebook. And I went into like this like cave, because I'm like, this is, actually discouraging like there's nothing about this that's encouraging nothing at all at that time. I think it is it is like a little crazy like you know I do get wrapped up like thinking like I have to just please the algorithm but I have to like remember that there is like a really solid human connection like like we were saying about the the colors like the teal and orange for the feed and yeah I know what you're talking about like how the feed they they would always say you know, make it a, the colors like match and stuff, but like that's to please the algorithm versus like, I feel like everyone who we're talking, we're trying to please like kind of like ourselves. Like really it's, it's, it is an aesthetic. If you really look at it, it is an aesthetic. It's just not that aesthetic that pleases the algorithm, but there's definitely such a big like human connection still. And I'm really thankful for it. Like on Instagram, cause I wouldn't be talking any of you fine ladies if it wasn't for it so it's 100 percent yeah and we are yeah. real like human beings and yeah it's <laughs> so it's such a double-edged sword part yeah it's so double-edged it takes and it gives away part about it. yeah yeah like just to be like inspired by all of your work you know, I've been, yeah, I, I just followed everyone recently because I'm terrible in social media. Like I don't browse. I I just post what I have to. And I literally do one of these, like I, you know, set it and forget it type of thing on social media. Um, but yeah, like once I've discovered your work, I'm just like, wait, like there's so much work out there that I can actually be inspired by. So I shouldn't really look at social media as like this dark cloud like because there is a lot of beautiful things about social media it is a tool to reach people and it's also a tool to connect people like with what we've been doing today tonight so you just have to kind of figure out what you use it for I guess and just like hone that in and forget about the rest (laughs) don't get caught up in the in the don't get caught in the traps because yeah it'll try to get you to stop you know, like, oh, if you, I, I totally feel like, and it's, it's not even just a feeling, like it is fact, like Instagram is pushing reels uh, much farther in terms of reach. Uh, and I tested that by just posting a reel of my cat uh, doing nothing. And it got almost <laughs> 2000 views versus like a really good nice. picture 
that only got like 500 views and it's like well that was enough proof to me to say like well it's it's obviously not like about quality it's just reels versus photos like they yeah. are just pushing it like way up to the and top pets do well like pets oh, wait, really like, let's be serious oh, though i wish i had a pet, pet. Like, <laughs> true i mean yeah. had a pet. it's like reels all day <laughs> and monica i love your reels so like if you i mean Thanks, you inspire me like your reels are hilarious and i love seeing them so definitely they're received can't it makes me laugh short because... or like a reel that i saw of you monica where you're just like you had like a i think it was like um like a box of like like the uh was it a yeah yeah <laughs> just like thirty thousand dollars like there you go <laughs> yeah i feel i feel like it's like those things you know what it is so i'm realizing that i'm not trying to get to like whatever crazy amount of followers because again i'm not creating even the reels that i create is not for that i do those reels when i hear like a really good audio like something that i i can actually relate to my life like my most recent one has nothing to do with photography it's about laundry <laughs> and how much i don't <laughs> like to do laundry you know it's just like i'm i'm literally using my instagram now to just be like fuck it this is who i am I'll post what I want, whenever I want, take it or leave it. You can go, you can stay. I don't care. You know, that's, that's kind of the attitude right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I kind of admire that attitude. Like, I kind of love that. <laughs> I feel like you kind of have to, because like, I mean, at, at least for me, I feel like I, I've always been this way anyway in my real life, not my professional life, but I think it's just recently that I'm adapting the same, even for my career, like my day job, I'm, I'm, I'm just the same now all throughout the board. Like I don't have like corporate Monica, photographer Monica, Monica, Monica in real life. So now it's just like all the same. And like, I even used to have a personal Instagram where <laughs> I posted all the crazy things there, but I'm like, wait, I there's no diff there's no difference or there shouldn't be a difference versus like me who I am and me as like as a photographer like it should apply the same way um but yeah I'm I think I feel like this is now <laughs> this is the time <laughs> to do that <laughs> time is now the time is now <laughs> so kind of like piggybacking off of the um the people aspect of of Instagram and just like kind of like meeting people like like Taylor said like wonderful way just to meet people talk to people and and so forth one thing that I one of the reasons why I like doing roundtable and is because I want to be able to kind of like find new people to follow and find new people to draw inspiration from part of this is because uh Danielle started the women with film uh Wednesdays like I want to say like a year ago two years ago and it's kind of like going back on that and when Danielle did that um before it kind of opened my eyes to all like the talent and all the inspiration that's kind of like out there that I never would have seen otherwise because of you know the gods of Instagram wouldn't tell me about it beforehand because of the algorithms um I was wondering one thing I, I would love to know is like is there somebody that you guys like have been like kind of following recently or somebody that you would like to like kind of like recommend so for us or for anybody that's like kind of listening to this episode they they can kind of like 
do like a dive into it and just kind of like draw new inspiration. I was just kind of wondering if there's anybody that you'd like to recommend. I can recommend right off the top, my friend, uh, Lindsay Eisenman. I don't know if y'all follow her, um, cowboy films. I think it might be cowboy films with two S's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love her work. Love it. I just got to throw her out there. Got a name drop Lindsay. She's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's, I think we all know her. I mean, I, I follow her, I believe. Um, there is this one, um, her name is Kaz, K-A-Z-H, but her Instagram is SoboVision, S-O-B-O-V-S-N. She's very young and she does these like very urban portraits and they're all on film. Um, she's from San Diego, I believe. I actually met her recently. She came here to New York and uh, I did that um, street portrait session uh, randomly in Union Square, like a free street portrait session. And she just kind of like showed up. Um, like she's, she's absolutely great. And um, to kind of mention about Danielle as well, I think she single-handedly... Uh, introduced me to more fem- like film female photographers because like when she shared my work on her page I honestly was really shocked how and surprised and also annoyed at the fact that like how come my algorithm didn't show me all of these women before that I had to be featured on her page for me to even realize that there's just so much of us um, and you know and every day I see people on the film sorority I do curate uh, the film sorority with uh, Chris and Danielle. Every day, I just see so many female photographers, and I'm like, "Where have you guys been? You know, like, how come I don't see you on my explore page?" Kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's great that she's doing that. Um, I would like to give a shout out to my friend Flavia Flavia Fontana Giusti. Um, She's in Wisconsin. She's my, you know, internet friend who I've never really met, but I'm going to meet her next week at a a photo retreat. So I'm excited about that. Um, She takes these amazing street portraits, which is the thing that scares me. And so I think I'm really drawn to people doing stuff that scares me. Um, And I don't know that it doesn't scare her, but she does it amazingly well. And she also like me in that she seems like she takes a different camera, a different film stock, expired film, something different every single time. Like there's no consistency, which I love because that's totally me as well. Um, So yeah, check her out. Her work is amazing and she's constantly experimenting and she does incredible self portraits as well, which also scares me, but I'm trying to do more of that occasionally. What was her? Sorry, what was her handle? Can we share it on our like uh, Instagram chat? I'll say we, we'll 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 grab it from oh. the Instagram chat because we had to. I'm gonna have to get that information to Alex anyway. I so. know. <laughs> so yes, I was gonna say Flavia actually lives in Madison where I live, so she lives oh, like wow. ten minutes from me. So that's that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Do y'all know her Instagram handle so I could follow her? It's F L A V I. I think it's just then her last name, right? It's her name, yeah. So it's um, Flavia, F-L-A-V-I-A-F-O-N-T-A-N-A-G-I-U-S-T-I. 
Got it. She's amazing. I already follow her, of course. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I feel like a couple of photographers that I really like, um, Kate Miller-Wilson, she does a lot of large format of her family. Yeah. And she's like, goals for me. I want to take as shoot as much sheet film as she does. Um, and then also Kellyanne Bob, who's from Trinidad. She does a lot of amazing work, work, both large format, I think medium format too, a bunch of different stuff, but her work's beautiful. Um, and then Polly Chandler also does some large format, yeah. even some like old Polaroid. She posts on for old Polaroid stuff and it's beautiful. Yeah, I love Polly's work. I've been a fan of hers for years. Uh, that's why I wanted to get into four by five actually was so that I could shoot Polaroid 55 or now it would be new 55 if I can ever afford it. (laughs) She's amazing. She does beautiful work. I'm I'm trying to find her Instagram. I'm so bad with handles, but um, okay. Well, I can't find it, but obviously I don't know. Well, maybe not obviously, but Rosie Matheson for portrait is some of my favorite. Um, And then I've been really enjoying Sarah Messenger's Messenger, I think that's how you pronounce it, her her portraits. Like I was telling Danielle about it when I was talking about her. It feels like, it kind of just feels like she's hanging out with like all the scene kids or like, you know, the the skateboard emo punks, but like she always has a camera on her and like the, I don't know, it's like raw and it's very natural and that she's able to capture some of the like the lifestyle stills that she does when she's with these these groups of people is so cool <clears throat> and it just feels very very natural yeah like no posing you know it's really great work <clears throat> some of my favorite type of like photographs to see yeah. just like people in their element or people just like being themselves so that's something that i'll have to take a look into Another really great photographer is uh, Vanya Zask. Uh, she's a surf Martian on um, on Instagram, and like I, as a totally landlocked in the middle of Canada, <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with surf culture. Don't even know why. I've never been on a surfboard. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to stand up on one. But I'm like just I watch all the old surf documentaries, uh, any surf movie that comes my way. I'm I. I love those and her work is just so fantastic and the fact that she made a rig to bring her rb underwater (laughs) right there right there that's amazing yeah and she's such a fantastic person too like it's just yeah i love her work nice um that's pretty much the end of everything that I kind of want to talk about. I do know there's like some time restrictions going on right now, but I just was wondering, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about, chat about, anything you wanted to promote? I just had a question for everyone because it's like, I mean, it's pretty, you know, drastic or dramatic how how the increase in price um, for film, um, I don't know, just from like two years ago, pre-pandemic, has skyrocketed so like for me I feel like now with 
film being at whatever, what is it like a pro pack of, let's say portrait of a hundred, it's like $60 or something. I think 62 ish 62 on my end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's bananas. Like, yeah. Yeah. What point, I guess, would like, would it, I don't know, would you guys stop shooting film? Because <laughs> I don't know if well, you guys I just, your own or developing your own stuff either, you know? So I just bought a roll of Ectochrome, just 36 exposures for $36. Wait, what? Yeah. Why? That's insane. I, I have to, I have, I have to, it's for some video ideas that um, oh. I'm going to keep hush hush for now. Ooh. But uh, so I kind of had to buy it, um, but I'm really hoping to limit how many I have to buy for that video because at a dollar a shot on 35 millimeter, that's just, that's, that's probably insane. about, wow. where, you know, <laughs> that's high. That I mean, I, no we're in Polaroid in, in I love that. Region. I love that film. Yeah. I, I, I love that film. And I'm thinking $20, $22 a pop was too much. Like I have two of them in my oh, fridge yeah. and I'm just like, I'm just going <laughs> to save you for later because it's just too much. It's just a lot. It's a lot of money. Um, for your question, Han, I think I would stop at 25 a row. <laughs> Which is now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now. Well, okay. So that's the thing. That's why, I, you know, so my favorite, my, my favorite brand is Fuji and they, I, for, I think they just gave up. They're just like, whatever i'm gonna focus on gfx digital cameras what you know i feel like that's what they're doing um but uh i think that's the reason why i'm leaning towards more uh lomography films like lately lomography for 100 and 800 is kind of what i'm using and it's kind of the same with instax if you have a good camera the results of these lomo films would also be good. Like I, I think my favorite role that I've ever shot, we're talking fr from frame one to frame 36 was Lomo 400 with my Yashica Electra 35 GT. And I'm just like, if I can just keep using this because they are on the cheaper end, um, I think I'll survive. <laughs> I think I'll survive because I think still right now they're like $30 for, so it's like $10 a roll, um, which is not, not terrible. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if, I think if Lomography goes to 25 a roll, then I'm like, all right, that's it. We're done. <laughs> Digital it is. Or my I like phone. We're, I like how we're talking like 35 <laughs> too, but I'm also thinking about like Sarah, who she's like large format. What's the price oh, that's right. Um, well, I I like to shoot Ilford films, which helps because Kodak Black and White is so much more expensive. Um, but I just shoot so little that I think it makes it easier to stomach. Like before Ilford films went up at the beginning of the year, I like bought a few boxes of sheet film that I'm still using, and also I buy expired sheet film whenever I can. So I found like a box of, or maybe I, I found about 40 sheets of Ilford Delta 100 in eight by 10 that were expired. And I got them for like around $2 a sheet, which is pretty wow. much what you pay for four by five. How was that shooting uh, expired 100 black and white film? It looks totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I was very excited. That's yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, 
especially 35, like if you're, you know, like having fun shooting, like it would go so fast. It goes so fast, but that's the thing. It's like, it's like, I feel like I, I do want to try, like I do have a medium format camera. I have a six, four, five, but I find that uh, I'm not really taking it because I'm so used to shooting 35 millimeter just ergonomically. I just prefer to be free. Like, you know, I'm not carrying this. I mean, the 645 Mamiya is not even that big compared to the RB or the RZ, but I think I'm just so used to 35. Um, but you're right. Like, because it's so light, I just, sometimes I do get trigger happy. Um, so it's like, my question for you is like, you shoot large format, like, like, do you plan your shoes? Like, how do you, how do you know that this is the frame? Because you have one slide. I was, I was just saying that because we were driving back from Michigan today and I was like, this is kind of crazy because you drive 10 hours to take portraits and I took like six photos. <laughs> it's like, well, I hope I got one, you know? And right. how, when do you, when are you like, yes, that I've got the photo? I mean, sometimes it's hard to know. So you're just, yeah. fingers crossed. Are you just like happy just to get one? I feel like I'm usually happy if I get two. Okay. Two out of six. I think six. that's a fair. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, I develop and scan all my own film now, color and black and white. And I find that that actually limits how much I shoot because I've, I like developing and scanning, but it's also time consuming. And so mm -hmm. I don't want to be doing it all the time. So I want everything that I'm developing and scanning to be stuff I'm going to enjoy seeing. So I find it slows me down, which I guess slowing down how much film I'm buying, but also I only switched to developing and scanning my own stuff in the last couple of years. So I still feel like I'm saving money because I used to pay for that. <laughs> I'm like justifying like for me now I'm only spending money on film I'm not spending money on the developing so it still feels like I'm saving money um but I also I'm not afraid of expired stuff and I have I'll take anything that people throw at me which or the two rolls of Ultramax that I found at a garage sale last weekend for 50 cents score like, yeah score, score. Yeah. Oh my God. Ultramax is now $35 a roll. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. You can flip it, Jess. You can flip it. You can sell it for 60. It expired <laughs> eight years ago, but it's fine. It'll oh, be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. You know, I, I bought a, I bought it by mistake. I bought a Kodachrome 25, which is like a really dumb move because they don't even have the chemicals to like yeah. develop Kodachrome. Um, so I was, thinking of shooting it anyway but developing it with black and white chemistry but it's just 25 iso like i don't know what i'm gonna do with that so it's just sitting in my fridge <laughs> i have i have two roles kodachrome or my unicorn tears chris <laughs> is it do yeah, you I want just, them because i'll send no, them to you because i don't I can't know use what them. i'm gonna do with it i have i have three rolls of kodachrome in my fridge just hoping that one day someone will decide, let's do this again. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. I have three. I have three as well. I'm just, yeah. you're probably right. I, I should probably hold it. 
Yeah. You're right. I, I inherited three roles from, uh, from my cousin. Uh, so I'm holding on to those preciously praying yeah. that they find a way to develop it again. Yeah. Cause Great. it just seems, well, it just seems so sad to develop it as black and white. I don't know. I know. Everyone hold on to their three roles. We all have three yeah. roles. <laughs> yeah. I have three roles for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I would not sleep on Kodak vision three too. If you're looking for like a cheaper film, uh, mm-hmm. like, some people like I have a friend around here who I need to meet up with who can spool their own roles from like a master role and that saves a ton of money and then if you can process ECN2 yourself then you have like your own like yeah that that's like huge savings also like don't say don't uh don't miss out on like Walmart or CVS or like these drugstore stuff because they do they do sell film I I was I've been sleeping on Walmart for so long they have uh Superior 400, three rolls for $21 right now. Whoa. And tomorrow I'm going, I'm going to buy right probably now. $150 yeah. worth. <laughs> I'm probably no, going to go. Insane. Yes. And, and it's like, because these places, they sell by the MSRP. They don't like jack it up or, you know, I don't know. These online retailers, they, they mark it up however they want. Yeah. But like expired film or Kodak Vision 3 or like, drugstore is just kind of like how I've been getting by in this film crisis but yeah and garage sales don't overlook the garage garage sales yeah or thrift stores I got I had a 10 cent roll of Ektar 100 from a few weeks ago from a thrift store and it was just fine amazing not a thing in California such a good find (laughs) (laughs) I just have to move to a place where they don't like to shoot film because yeah. New York is just <laughs> there's just no way like I've I've gone to like thrift stores just to find cameras nope just drugstores no film even the disposable cameras I feel like people are figuring out ways to take the film out of those and reel them and in their camp in like a oh canister my gosh. and use it I yeah like there's no it, all the aisles for like disposable cameras or just films are just not because New York is it's just no I just want to get out of here maybe I'll stay in Minnetola Island when I go (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like surrounded by water that's it well if you're ever in my neck of the woods any of you I'll take you to our local uh, value village because that place has been a gold mine for me I've been (laughs) I I bought a Topcon RE Super for forty dollars uh, and that's a fantastic camera. I found two uh, Olympus Mew twos for five dollars each. Um, yeah. yeah, and I found oh, what else did I find? Uh, a really cool Minolta point and shoot, which I'm not really into point and shoots, but for some reason they fall in my way. So I'm like, well, for five dollars, I might as well buy it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I've been collecting like a whole bunch of thrift store cameras. But now that the secret's out, they're probably all going to disappear. My favorite is like when I read about the stories, like, oh, this person went to like a Walmart and they, or they went to like, no, they went to like a value village and they found like a like, I was like, why does that happen in my like? Yeah, that has to happen to me. That hasn't happened to me yet, but that I want that. I, I'm every time I go in, I'm like, okay, there's going to be a box of Leicas waiting for me, and they don't know how to price them, <laughs> and I'm going to get them for like a hundred dollars, and it's going to be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like keep the yeah, poker face, why... keep the poker face. <laughs> exactly. That's right. 
like it's not that important it's just not there's no value in this yeah do, but do they still make like, the film for this exactly. <laughs> yes does this still that. work <laughs> But yeah, that's why I can't watch those like thrift, those thrift hauls of like, uh, like film photographers on YouTube that do like uh, thrift, thrift shop uh, trip. And I'm like, I can't because it's just like in some like Midwestern like thrift shop where I wish I could be. Um, There's never any New York or anything. I don't know. uh, How about LA? I'm, I'm sure it's the same where it's like they just ransacked the thrift shops of film cameras. Nothing. It's all dry. Yeah. So we're all gonna go visit Jess. <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna do a road trip <laughs> to visit Jess. Well, you guys are like stalking because you know Goodwill knows now, right? About cameras. Like I remember yeah. even two years ago, like going on or going to Goodwill, and then like, I mean, yeah, I found like you know the Olympus styluses and whatever. And I think once I found a. Uh, a Yashika T4. Um, but like now they know. And so if you just, they don't have cameras in store anymore. So you go shopgoodwill.com and you see all of these cameras that people donated, but now they're up for auction. And it's oh, crazy. Like, yeah, I, I think I just got like a, what is it? Instant or Instax wide on goodwill thinking like oh i'm gonna get it for five dollars and i paid seventy dollars for this thing (laughs) oh (laughs) which whatever that's fine yeah just made my heart hurt a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) a little bit yeah i mean it's like it's like i'm happy that it's back in style but also sad because everyone else. I don't know like it's like I should be happy that everyone is like shooting film again and like getting into this but uh there's there's a part of me that is like the whole capitalism aspect of it is like everyone is figuring out we can make money out of this let's just mm-hmm. get all the monies the artists and, and all of us are, are happy that it's like getting out there but right capitalist part of it just makes us feel like oh yeah actually yeah. yes that's it Oh, what a wonderful note that we are going to end on right now. <laughs> oh, we got to like, basically it's like, you know, don't buy film so we can have them. Thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, hashtag shoot film, stay broke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says that don't buy film. <laughs> you go take don't pictures with your camera film, with that, right? You can shoot sucks. film. Shoot film, but just don't buy film. Yeah. <laughs> Just donate it to me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, I just want to say once again, thanks very much, everyone, for joining. It's been a lovely, uh, lovely evening. And I'm glad to have had a wonderful chat with y'all. And I just want to say, yeah, thanks very much for everything. And I don't know, usually CCR World, they do uh, outros. I'm not sure if you guys want to do say your own goodbyes your own individual goodbyes or i could just do a group goodbye that's just a side note so i'm just wondering what you guys would like to do so just just thanks for inviting us <laughs> this is kind of really nice uh, i mean you know it's, it's kind of nice to kind of geek out about stuff like this which i can't really do in my regular day-to-day um but you know yeah i think uh just thanks 
thanks for inviting me and uh, it's just such a pleasure talking to everyone. Yeah, I just want to say, like I said, thanks very much for coming on. It's been a wonderful evening. It's been a wonderful time chatting. I wanted to say um, I'll see you all later, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Thanks, Chris. Thank You're welcome. You. Thanks, Taylor, by Chris. the way, it's finally nice to finally talk to you. <laughs> yeah, likewise. All of you. <laughs>